0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last.
1: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Sports Auto. Mike, Dave, and Sid. Thrilled to be joined by Tom Kelly. uh, Everybody's talking Twins Baseball. It's the buzz that's going on right now. And, of course, they win their first two in Cleveland. And... uh, Tom, you watched them coming out of the All Star break, and you've come out of a lot of All Star breaks as a manager. I know that's always a kind of a depending on how many guys went to the game and all that stuff. It's it's a critical juncture for teams as to how they they come out of that off the All Star break because uh, you're not quite sure sometimes what you're going to get.
3: That's correct, Mike. Uh, managers worry about just about everything, and that's hmm. one that's uh, near the top of the of the list. The uh, Especially now with uh, the majority of the teams having four days and uh, you know so you worry about your players during that time, and uh, they're not doing anything that uh, maybe is not the best in their best interest. but uh, they uh, uh, the twins case, uh, you know traveling, so I'm sure they left on Thursday, I would think, and uh, get organized whether they worked out or not, I don't know. But uh, doing a little something before you start up again is, is, is important. Uh, you expect the first round or two rounds of at-bats not to be so good. And, uh, you know, st- people struggle a little bit, especially the hitters. But uh, uh, it sure did not bother a guy like Kepler, that's for sure.
0: Hey, Tom, if you would talk about pace of play. I was watching the game, oh, not last wow. night, but the night before. Gibson's doing okay in the beginning, and then he gets in trouble, and it just he didn't want to throw the ball, and people are standing around behind him. And I remember conversations with you and right. and, and what it's like for the guys on the field when, when your pitcher just doesn't seem to want to throw it.
3: You know, that's, you're, you're correct, Dave. Uh, it's I – don't, I don't know what happens to, to some fellows at different times uh, – I talked to Mike a little bit yesterday. I think it was yesterday about uh, people, the way they look and how they, uh, how their mound presence is or or whatever uh, they're hitting or whatever. Uh, Do they look like they're going to get a hit? Uh, Do they look like they're beat? Um, And Gibby yesterday, he that was one of the or the other day. Yeah, that was one of the you know more disturbing looks he's had in a long time he's been doing so well for the most part and a major contributor and you know the one good thing about that game is that we won mm-hmm. you know we had no you didn't think we had any reason to win that game no for all the reasons that you pointed out Dave uh, players are just standing there in the field and that's that's really not fun uh, I think everybody knows that, that that's the worst uh secondly uh we managed to win the game and and he only gave up three runs if if you were watching the game you you expected to see seven or eight on the board yeah. uh, but uh you know only three runs and and we were able to come back and and win the ball game so that was one of those games that i put in the column that you're you, you know those 40 games that you win 60 you lose 60 the other 42 are up there for grabs and I think we were supposed to lose that game and ended up winning, so that was a double bonus. So it, it, it was unbelievable that we even won the game.
2: On the flip side of that, you know, we all wonder what Odin Reese would come back like after his blister and his time off, etc. He looked like he was pretty good last night and kept yeah. it moving pretty good.
3: Yeah, he, he did a good job, and there's no question. He seemed to run out of a little steam. It uh, was pointed out by Jack Morris last night uh, uh, on the broadcast on the tv side but uh you know uh he did appear to run out of some gas but he did well you know there's no question he's been uh probably one of the more consistent guys in major league baseball this year uh he manages to win games uh, uh he's a veteran guy it's not his first uh, round or two he's gone around the block now a few times and and so he knows how to come back and get ready to go and and uh Uh, The blister certainly didn't bother him, that's for sure, and that was a good thing. So, uh, Again, uh, Odorizzi did a nice job. He kept a good pace of the game, and and we turned it over to the bullpen. Except for Duffy having a little bit of an issue, uh, uh, certainly the bullpen guys have done terrific the last two days.
0: Tom, you mentioned the bullpen and a lot of talk about acquisition, perhaps acquiring a closer along the way. You know, we lose sight of the fact that the Twins have a pitcher who in, in relief is doing as well as almost anybody in baseball. Talk about Taylor Rogers.
3: Well, he's, he's been uh, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I, I'm sure uh, the players in the field and on the bench, when they see him come in the game, they, I'm sure their confidence level, uh, I'm sure the fans feel this way, that we're going to win the game. So that's that's a very good thing have that guy pitch the 8th uh, ninth inning uh whatever it would be and and uh you see him come in you, you have to have a good feeling that you're going to win. So uh if you can get you know the fans all believing and, and the players especially believing uh that you're going to get it done and you're going to win this game that that's a, a very positive for everybody involved but uh uh I was a little surprised he did come in the game yesterday, uh, but he was warmed up and we managed to score and and uh, you know make it a four run game but uh I was a little surprised to see him then, but uh, these wins are important against Cleveland obviously and and uh, uh, it's a double whammy sort of say you win the game and another day goes off the schedule, which is very important so. Uh, It's like two, you know, it's like a two spot going up there instead of one. So it's uh, uh, get those two games in the bank and uh, fortunate to win one and and then uh, watch the Max Kepler show uh, the the next night. That was impressive. Uh, So, again, uh, winning this series, uh, obviously we did. Uh, we can steal one today. Uh, that would, I think, demoralize uh, the Cleveland's to a certain extent. And on that hand, I, I don't know if I see much urgency in the Cleveland bunch. Uh, 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 the player-wise, uh, they're playing some young people in the outfield. And uh, was this Allen and uh, Bauer? Not Bauer. What's his name out in left field, left-hand hitter? But he, you know, they, they're playing some young people and trying to wiggle their way through. But, uh, again, they look a little short.
2: You know, Tom, a couple weeks ago, Jose Barrios had statistically not a great outing for him. But it came after the 18-inning game, and he pitched his team into the 8th inning, even though he probably gave up some statistics and maybe ran out of a little steam. But they needed him to do that, and I think he gave up six runs. And yet he kind of made a statement that he was going to hang in there and save the relievers and all those things. When you see somebody kind of gut it out and push through, what does that do to the rest of the team? And, and do you think that you really need a number one starter like that or somebody that defines himself as number one?
3: Well, those people are very important uh, to have a guy that you can sort of count on getting the job done for you. Uh, the guy that's going to stop any losing streaks or any bad situations uh, that arise during the course of the season. You know, he's pitching today or tonight and – and uh, you're going to get a good game out of them with a the chance to win. Those things are very important. If you can have a couple of those fellows on your staff, uh, it really helps. Uh, again, uh, uh, Jose's done a terrific job. No question, uh, he's definitely the our number one guy, I believe. And uh, that's what he's supposed to do, Mike. You know, you you know, he's supposed to pitch into the game. He's supposed to uh, pick up the slack when maybe it's needed. Uh, He's what number one guys do, so they're very, very important to your ball club. And Jose's uh, he's checking all the boxes, as, as they say now.
0: Tom, uh, can we ask you to stand by during a quick break? Sure. Both Mike and I have additional questions. Cl- all right, great. We've got Tom Kelly. We'll be right back. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Continuing our conversation with Tom Kelly, Tom, you've mentioned Kepler twice. Is there any explanation how certain hitters sometimes appear to own really good pitchers, as we've seen with Kepler, and, you know, five consecutive home runs off Bauer?
3: I, I have no idea. The, uh, that's one of those things about the game that we'll never understand. These kind of things, uh, you, you just shake your head and go, how does this happen? Uh, you know, especially with a guy capable of pitching the way uh, Bauer does. You know, so uh, just one of them things about the game that we'll never understand, Dave, and and uh, makes the game great. It's unbelievable the kind of stuff that can happen.
2: You know, another guy that I just have enjoyed watching and watching him in the clubhouse as much as and in batting practice as much as the games is Nelson Cruz. And literally, the way he walks into the clubhouse, he has this presence about him where. Right nothing's too big nothing's too small nothing phases him can you explain what that means and what you see when you see him when a guy really has that it factor
3: stable he's a stable guy uh, people look at him and and say he's not getting excited about the situation he he knows how to handle himself he keeps control of himself during his at-bats he's not out of the zone, crazy or swinging crazy. Uh, he's taking pitches. I think he got a couple big walks last night, if I if I remember correctly. But uh, you know, it's just having that kind of guy, that presence in the dugout, in the clubhouse, on the field, doing his job and how he handles things. And uh, uh, I, he, it's wonderful to have those kind of guys on your ball club. It, I think it uh, uh, gives everybody a sense of sort of quiet and calm and and uh uh Nelson uh, certainly exudes that. Uh, uh, and the other players watch and see this and say, hey, that's pretty good, maybe I can do that too. So, uh, again, uh, having those people on your team uh, is certainly a big, big influence.
0: Tom, your uh, early impressions of a raids. He, he came up, there were certainly yeah. more heralded guys in the Twins minor league system, yeah. he gets a chance, and he plays like he doesn't want to go back down.
3: And he might not. Yeah. He might not go um you know, if you sit and look at things, and uh, if you, well, I, I don't want to throw stuff out there that uh, we we certainly don't know about, but uh, I think the, the twins, in the grand scheme of things, uh, uh, maybe need another lefty in the bullpen, somebody in the seventh inning or so, sixth inning, seventh inning, uh, having that lefty come in and be able to get a couple guys out. Uh, and bridge the gap to the end end of the game, uh, uh, I think might be important. And, and you can look around and, and say, well, maybe this fellow can go and maybe we can trade this fellow or that fellow. Uh, but uh, he certainly has impacted uh, the Twins lineup and on the field. He has a lot of energy. Uh, he looks like he's got a lot of charisma for playing the game, swinging the bat, and uh, he looks alive. Uh, he's, he's certainly not any dead weight, uh, that's for sure. So, uh, again, uh, excited for him. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people are getting to the point, well, looking forward to watching him come up and hit because he does such a wonderful job at the plate.
2: Yeah, you know, you talk about that, and when you talk about trades and whatnot, and if the Twins hypothetically got a starting pitcher, they, they could take somebody from a rotation maybe and put them in the bullpen, et cetera. How do you assess when you know a guy that's a starter can be good in the bullpen?
3: Not until you try it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, uh, Mike, I, you know, how quick can he warm up? Uh, how quick can he get ready to come into the game? Uh, these are things that are, can he pitch two days in a row? Uh, there's a lot of things you got to find out. Uh, so, it's, that's, you know, it just doesn't uh, say all of a sudden you get to the end of September, well, let's try it once and see what he does. But you got to try it two, three times to, to see if he can warm up in a, in a timely fashion, not what he's accustomed to doing. Uh, can he pitch two days in a row? Is he going to recover? Uh, these are things you don't know, but you got to find them out before you get to that spot. So uh, again, uh, it's an iffy thing. Uh, I don't like it per se. I uh, I know it's done quite a bit now in the playoffs. We saw what Boston uh, last year put in sale and and Evaldi out there and 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 uh, going that way with it. Uh, but uh, again, uh, it's a scary thing for the manager, pitch and coach and. And uh, you're hoping that the guy can do it, and it's uh, you have to. It's trial and everything. So it's. Uh, I think it'd be easier uh, to really secure some kind of lefty to uh, come in the game, like I, I said earlier. And because um, our starters, if you know, if you think about playoffs, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves too quickly, but uh, you're going to go with Jose and and uh, Odorizzi for sure. Pineda's been doing terrific, in my mind. I think he's really come on strong. If he could eliminate some of them hanging sliders, he throws a couple of them every game. And and, uh, if he could ever eliminate a couple of those hangers here and there, uh, he could be really a top-notch guy. But uh, we'll have to see just what uh, shakes loose. I think Perez, uh, as you pointed out, Mike, uh, Perez, he he looks like he could probably go to the bullpen Mm -hmm. and uh, do the job. And how things shake out at the end of the season, and what they want to do. It, it, so much depends on how many, how big a lead we have going into the last month, and, and uh, so Rocco can get, maybe get things a little bit organized and how he wants to approach the playoff. So, but we don't want to get too far ahead of but, ourselves.
0: Tom, we always run out of time before we run out of questions. Uh, we want to have you back on more frequently. It's always a pleasure talking baseball. with Yeah, thank you, you right. very much,
3: Mike. You have a good Sunday. Thanks You've so got- much.
0: Right, go Twins. All right. We'll be back with more right after that. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike.
3: Mike, we're back. Uh, heck,
2: we could have done
0: half an hour. Huh? Oh, boy. I mean, that is so much fun. He just sees the game so
2: differently and so well. It's oh. always, a,
0: always a pleasure. When he was
2: doing the broadcast, he'd be oh. talking about – Things you hadn't thought of. Well, if the ball is hitting the gap, you're going to run because this guy, I watched him, you know, during infield that he doesn't throw as well as he used to and blah, 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 you know? Well,
0: his observations on the Cleveland outfield, yep. uh, the, the first game, the ball that goes over the center fielder's head that Buxton would have had easily. Easily, Tr- there's a game. Pretty important in the game, no question about it. You know, one guy I didn't get a chance to ask him about that. I'm so impressed with his Garver. He, I don't think he got all of that ball that he hit out almost a dead center field. The
2: guy has got he's so strong, he's strong, and you know, you, you almost forget about him. And, yeah. and between he and Castro, they've been outstanding. And then Kepler on the, on the replay, you know, we're going to talk about the home runs, of course, yeah. but 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 to hustle down the line and to beat that throw out, which they had to replay, and to know he beat it, and he knew he beat it, and and it was. The game changer, right? Because no the inning's over and you're down 3-1 to one without that. Instead, you're head 4-3 to three after Polanco hits the ball over the center fielder's head, which yeah. shouldn't have happened either. Right. But holy cow. When you're talking sir. center fielder,
0: I hope Buxton's okay. Did you see where he started from yeah. that, that ball that he caught on the dime? He was almost on
2: the warning track. That's one of the great treasures and treats that is watching Buxton run any time. When he gets on first, you're almost happy because you know there's a chance he might have to run to third or run to home, you know? Uh, yeah, that that's a lot of fun, and they have... Uh, kind of clarified themselves in this series coming out, and it's it's going to be difficult for Cleveland to have to keep, because they're going to really have to go on a surge and hope Kluber gets healthy and all those things now. And the other thing, if you're Cleveland, is I don't know where you sit. You eliminate them out of bidding on the same player. Exactly. Good point. We're out of
0: time here. We're going to talk a lot more baseball. We'll get the listeners involved in the 10 o'clock hour Sports Huddle. Sid David. Sid has joined us, and one of the players that uh, came through big for the Twins. I think a lot of people were surprised to maybe see Jake Cave in the starting lineup yesterday. But what a difference that he made. Sid had a chance to catch up with Jake and talk about what it's like to go back and forth to Rochester, Minnesota. Let's listen in.
4: It go up and down.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, but it's all part of it. You know, baseball is still baseball, whether you're in AAA or the big leagues. Um, the rules are the same, same distance, everything. So you just got to go up and down and play as hard as you can, and whatever happens, happens.
4: you think it you to go to Rochester this time?
5: Um, yeah, maybe. It didn't hurt. I mean, I, I got consistent at bats and played every day, and um, that that always helps, you know. I'm, you know, that's my job is to play baseball. So if I can get out there and if I get the chance to play every single day, they that can't hurt.
4: Did you learn something there?
5: Um, no, I wouldn't want to say I learned much. I just kind of wanted to build off of some stuff. Like, I didn't learn anything new, but I just went down, and I just tried to make it more consistent, and I got some consistency after a few weeks of uh, at that stomach.
4: Everybody, Rochester is hitting pretty good.
5: Yeah, we were hitting really well. We had a really good team going down there. The big league team is playing well, and the AAA team was playing really well, so it's a good sign for the organization.
4: How about this catcher? He's going crazy. Which one? It's and roster from here.
5: Asadio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's hitting really well, too. Yep.
4: They call him up, too?
5: No, he's not coming back up yet. No. There wasn't a spot for him yet.
4: Think you'll play some here?
5: I'm playing center field tonight. Thank you. Yes, sir. (laughs)
0: You know, uh, I saw that lineup yesterday, Mike. I go, Jake Cave, I don't know. Everybody else was playing so well, but without Rosario back and the way the manager likes to get people in there, but Cave played well.
2: Uh, You know, we've talked about Tom Kelly, but Rocco Bonelli certainly has that philosophy that you want everybody ready every night, don't you? They came out of the All-Star break, and and I saw that lineup, and I'm going, where's Scope? You know, Crone's not back. I thought Rosario was going to be back for sure. It wasn't the lineup I thought of at all coming back, and they got away with one Friday night again.
0: Have we heard anything on Crone's return? I think Rosario is day to day They say probably the Met series,
2: yeah, and I can't imagine Crone could be much longer because it was uh you know it was not some defined injury that you go, oh my gosh, that's gonna be a while, you know, so I assume that. Uh, that he should be back sooner than later in the 10 days, I think, is just about up near as I can tell. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, Sid, we had a chance to talk a little bit before we went on the air.
0: Uh, you, uh, you're looking for Cleveland today because you're not sure the Twins could win three in a row against them. I'm not sure. I, I, boy, I, I want to read the Cleveland newspapers. They've got to be discouraged.
4: About Cleveland and yeah. The Twins? Yeah. I thought for sure they get it sweeped. And uh I, uh, they go in there, and get the bullpen all of a sudden. It's great. This cave who hadn't hit it, now all of a sudden he's hitting. So all together they're different. Not today. I don't, know. Uh, they, uh, I don't think they're going to beat him today. The MVP <laughs> of the All Star game is pitching for Cleveland today, and uh, it's a pitcher for the Twins. Hasn't been very good the last uh, three games.
0: Bryce, well, he hasn't gotten the wins, but I, I uh, he's the number one pitcher. I I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I think the Twins have a good chance
4: to sweep. Well, we'll see what happens. He hasn't been very
2: good the last
4: three games.
2: Ooh. You know, in fairness to Cleveland too, had yeah. they if Kluber and uh, oh. Carrasco had been there, I mean. They're two pitchers away from being right there with the twins neck and neck, the whole thing, and and the unfortunate... uh, blood disorder, leukemia, and, that, and then, of course, Kluber with the injury that they think he might be back in a month or so. But you really see how close they are, and, and they must do a pretty good job of developing players too because I thought they'd fade real fast after that.
0: Yeah, one thing I like to do is go online and read the the newspapers and the, the towns that they're playing. I didn't have a chance to do that. I'm going to go home and, and look at the Cleveland papers. They've got to be discouraged. I mean, this yeah. was a perfect setup. This is they a cut setup. the margin in half uh, over the three weeks before the All-Star game. Coming out of the All-Star game, got the Twins where they want them, at home and losing the first two has got to be really demoralizing. Sid, how about that Ke- Kepler?
4: Oh, amazing! He five home runs in a row off one of the better pitchers <laughs> in baseball. He's got to be one of the best players in the American League right now.
0: Pretty good non All Star,
4: and he plays great outfield too.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, when he's out there and. That, that's a good defensive outfield, and, you know, you got Buxton playing a little more with something, depending if he's got an infielder to, uh, to his right, but uh, they, I thought the difference in defense really showed up in, in the outfield, and Tom Kelly talked about
2: that a little bit.
0: we to take a break here, come back, we're talk some more Twins, and then uh, going to talk some soccer. Mike, that's going to be about uh, ten twenty. Um... Yeah, Bill
2: McGuire will join us. He had another big win uh-huh. yesterday. Yeah, uh-huh. they've been doing great. They All can't
0: right. be beat, yeah. All right, come back to a little more baseball talk, and then uh, later in the hour, Dave St. Peter will join us. we we'll hear from Jim Polat. It'll be a very twin-centric uh, show today, but what the heck? They're the best uh, best story in town, and then soccer for a bonus at ten twenty. All right, you're listening to the Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. We have a text message that is very timely. He said uh, Buxton took a tough spill uh, making that catch last night. Is he in the? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Is he in the starting
2: lineup today? He is not. And and I guess I'm not I'm not surprised. So and Rosario's Rosario's not. So you got a right. playing the outfield with uh, Kepler and uh, Kepler's in,
0: Kepler's in center. Gonzalez in left. No, and, Gonzalez. Uh, sure. Why yeah, they got flexibility? <laughs> I mean, uh, the position flexibility is is really amazing. J
2: Cave is in right. Yeah, and, and Ray's you could bring in if you need him to play in the outfield as well. Though he might be playing somewhere else today. You
0: know, we, another tech might be the same person, but I think another good text message. Do you think Gibson was upset on Friday night because of the two errors behind him? Uh, and, you know, Adrianza and Sano? I don't know, but a major league pitcher's got to be better than that. He's yeah, got to get away. And something happened. I'm watching that game. and so this, the, this, the Gibson on the mound this inning is not the Gibson that was on the mound last inning. He just, he wouldn't throw the fastball and he didn't want to throw anything
2: i never you know, he's a veteran now. I don't think that stuff gets to him, but I do think this, and I believe this with all my heart after studying baseball as long and being in the clubhouse and playing it. I think fear is such an overriding difficult I think the whole the the whole and rock whole thing is the white he less he's guys he wants them as comfortable as they can be all the time because you you're taken to the the to, to the uh equation that fear is going to paralyze these guys and I think when Gibson and all these guys as much money as they got all of a sudden things start going wrong and they can immediately go back to that fear based approach to oh boy now I better be perfect and I don't care how much money they pay them I think that is the biggest thing you fight at every level Sid, uh, one of the things Mike and I were talking about, Tom Kelly mentioned earlier,
0: the flexibility that the Twins have, the ability to put people like Gonzalez is moving to the outfield today with Buxton out, the ability to move people around. I don't ever remember a Twins team with as much positional flexibility as this team has.
4: Probably not. Probably not ever. Here's the thing. How lucky are they? They signed Fleco and they signed uh, Kepler Kepler in advance. (laughs) I guess there's two guys (laughs) locked up in the bus. Both those guys are playing unbelievable.
2: You notice they haven't been able to sign anybody else
4: since then. Anyway, not they, everybody not saw trying. that,
2: and they said, wait a second, man. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Yeah. A lot of
0: guys go, okay, my turn. Uh, and I think their payroll is going to go up substantially. But uh, you made a good uh, good point there. We are going to talk soccer uh, with Bill McGuire. But, you know, we don't talk a lot about soccer. You mean you talk about a team that's doing really well. They've come from virtually nowhere uh, to, you know, a major presence yeah. in Boy, then the fans respond. The game after game.
2: I ran to Chris Wright at, uh, at the shopping mall yesterday, or two uh-huh. days ago, whatever it was, and uh, uh, they sold five thousand for their next Open Cup game right after they went on sale, and that's like two or three weeks away. That's yeah, amazing. Sid, you wanted to say something?
4: How about Gibson? He's not doing oh. anything. Yeah, we
0: we just talked about that.
4: Yeah. He's yeah. terrible. Well, but he'd been, he's had not, some good moments not terrible, in the, in the but first half
0: of the year, you yeah. know. He's got he's to be able to, to keep the pace throughout the game. Having the players stand around behind him was dreadful. All right, I want to take a break here to get to Bill McGuire, as we promised, at 1020. We will do that by going right now. Uh, you're listening to Sports Hollow. with Sid, Dave, and Mike.
2: Welcome back Sports Huddle. Mike, Dave, Sid. We're joined by Dr. Bill McGuire. And uh, the beat goes on at Allianz Field. Yesterday, another huge win, seven in a row, depending on how you score it, whether it's MLS or Open Cup. Uh, But, uh, Bill, I was talking to you about this uh, the other night. I mean, uh, you guys have literally... Uh, had, to, had to make one of the great adjustments and evolvements on the fly that uh, every organization would like, and that is success. With the Open Cup and everything else and tickets flying, uh, uh, this has turned out to be uh, the combination Allianz Field, the winning team, uh, probably even more than you anticipated the last couple of months.
6: Yeah, no, know. It's been very good, Mike. I mean, you know, what can you say? Huh? It's everything you would hope, and, uh, and uh, we're just all very pleased and, and more than us, perhaps the the fans are really pleased and the players are excited. So it's it's turned out great in every measure.
4: How active are are Pullen and Taylor? Uh, They're part owners of your team. But how active are they in the, in the running of the team?
6: Well, uh, uh, you know we have a group of about sixteen people that's involved in this, Sid, and I'm the most active because I'm working on things like the stadium and other stuff. Uh, they're more involved uh, with me and, and the other owners and just some policy decisions, so to speak, and um, issues about what do we think about money here and there and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'll I'll see Glenn tonight at the Lynx game and uh, see Bob Paulette on Tuesday and, you know, had a bunch of the other owners there last night. We're all together quite a bit just talking about what we can do to, to make this a sustainable part of our community.
0: Bill, you've had uh, cold-weather games now. You've had warm-weather games. Uh, you've had a lot of uh, visiting teams in from various parts of the country and the world. What's their reaction been to Allianz Field?
6: Tremendous. Um, just universally positive accolades. You know, uh, I know it's a cliche, but uh, world-class, just what you you see in the best places in, in in the world, actually. It's not a domestic issue. You know, the U.S. men's national team loved it. Hertha Berlin from Bundesliga in Germany, been around a real long time. They were extraordinarily positive. Aspenville is here now. They'll be getting ready for their game on uh, Wednesday. So it's uh, it's tremendous. Everybody loves it. And, you know, I think the other thing, and I, I know I like, road It's not just the facility, it is the crowd. It is our fan base and how they react to the sport and how they are involved. And, you know, I think the Dallas folks last night were talking about what a great atmosphere it was.
2: Yeah, it feels like Portland when you hear it. I mean when I watch Portland I get that same buzz and that same uh sound effect from the from the TV when I'm watching like that. Bill uh obviously uh, international and you can do a bunch of things but you're now in a window where you can go acquire players. We're all learning this on the fly. What does that mean this next month or the next 3 weeks uh, maybe there's one week into it uh where you can go acquire players from is it anywhere any professional team or what is it?
6: Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, you can bring players into your league during this window, and that means you have to go get them from somewhere else. They can be within our league, um, or they can be outside of our league. And uh, you know, you have these windows a couple times a year, and uh, the winter window really, or period, and and then season. And you know, we spend time looking around for people that'll fit. It's it's not. An easy process, you know. It's not just oh, I want to get this player, and he'll of course come here. You have to. The teams are involved. The players are involved. Um, There's a lot of issues go around it, and obviously, we we have people that we're interested in, and we can't get them here sometimes. You know, it's it's also it is an international market, and the economics are incredible in some situations that you know we just can't participate in.
4: Are you going to sign some free agents for the rest of the season?
6: Um, I suspect we'll have uh, a couple of people come in during this uh, summer window, so to speak. Um, I, you know, we're trying to strengthen really the depth of our team, and, you know, that's obviously a big thing that you can see right now. You know, we've played really when you count an exhibition game we had over in Madison. We played eight games in 22 days, and that's one of the extraordinary accomplishments that these guys have done. is is performed through that playing this really tough game, and depth counts. And you know, right now we have some depth, and it's really good. So we'll uh, we'll uh, hopefully be able to add a couple. Uh, pieces that will help uh, improve our squad overall.
0: Bill, a feature in the Star trip this morning and other people talking about how the neighborhood and and the team have, have come to grips with one another and parking issues and whatever. You were predicting uh, when you open a, a large number of people would arrive by mass transit. Uh, do you have statistics to to check the, whether that proved to, to be the case?
6: Well, Med Transit tells us that's the case, okay. and I don't know what the number is. You know, uh, i've heard different things i glanced at that article um i think they even mentioned seven to ten thousand or something per game um certainly between the bus and and the light rail it's approaching that kind of number which is you know far 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 in excess of what anybody was predicting and uh early on and uh so it's been good and you know i don't think the you know, deference to the people writing stories, I don't think the issues have been um nearly what anybody was concerned about or whatever. Absolutely there's more traffic that's that's got its good side as well, but it's it's not a problem of
1: <clears throat>
6: of um, any great proportion. And I frankly heard of nothing about rowdy fans or anything. In fact we hear the contrary from the St Paul police. So um, we're pretty pleased with it, and you know it's something we've got to keep working on. We're just learning on these things now. You know, you can't possibly decide, you know, figure it all out on on day one. But it's it's uh, been decent, and we're very pleased about public transportation. You know, every bike rack is full at the game. Uh, you got a lot of people coming with uh, Uber and Lyft, as well as the other forms of public transportation. So it, it's good.
2: Along those lines, I don't know how all these the stadiums lay out in the MLS, but do you find an urban setting versus suburban in general? Because soccer, is, it's an interesting demographic. You can call it an urban sport and you can call it a suburban sport. You can call it either real easy. Is there anything or is there anything by design that, that when you guys were looking at that you wanted to be urban versus out in the suburbs?
6: The league had a, had a clear bias that, you know, the the more urban settings were, you know, seemingly working out better for the fans. Our bias was we wanted ethically central so that everybody could get there. And secondly, it was critical that we be at a place that had various forms of public transportation so people could all get there regardless of their car status at this day. And also, of course, looking into the future, which is a, a world of Fewer cars, frankly, and uh more emphasis on sustainability around our environment and stuff, and that's what we wanted. So that's where we went and it has worked out that way. Um certainly, you know, you got not just soccer, but you go to places like Yankee Stadium in New York, what ninety, ninety five percent of people are coming by some form of public transportation. Yeah. You go to Portland, the numbers are huge. It's done. It's done around the world. You go to London, all the, the stadiums. There's not vast parking lots around stadiums. So I, I think this is a, a future looking approach to things, and I'm very happy that we did it, and it's working out, and I think our fans are happy with it, too.
4: Are you s- s- selling out every game? We
6: are, yes. Every game so far has been a, a sellout, and you know we've even had some big surprises. We had the U.S. Open Cup which are it's a different thing and the way it works and um, you know the other night we had 12,000 people show up on a Wednesday night and no one would have estimated or, or guessed that we'd have 12,000 people so we, that surprised us a little bit I think we were fully prepared for that kind of crowd mm. and now we've got another one of these games coming along with the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup and you know we've Sold something like five thousand tickets in the first two days because they're they're add on games. They're, they weren't weren't something we had planned in a regular MLS schedule.
4: Sydney, tell him what he's won. Joe McGuire needs your address, okay? Thank, thank you, you for for being on the on the WCCO and oh, we'll thank get you, your Sid. merge certificate at the best Take in town, okay?
6: Oh, I got it. Great. Thank you. Looking forward to enjoy that. All
4: right. Thank Thanks, all Bill. Again. That's Bill McGuire. We'll be back with more right
0: after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. <music> well, with the exception of soccer, i with an all twin show today, and we continue that by talking to the president of the team, Dave St. Peter, who joins us right now. Sid? Dave St. Peter,
4: will you make budgets this year? Uh, yeah, we're
1: certainly going to make budgets from an attendance perspective, Sid. You know, we, we did not, you know... Uh, budget uh, north of two million and I, I think we're gonna ultimately get to about two point two million uh in overall attendance, which is which is great. So um but yeah we'll be you know we'll we'll be close to budget but you know I'm not I'm not as concerned about that at this point, Sid, because you know obviously we're going into the trade deadline of looking at ways to make our team better and our revenues are a little bit better than we expected. So we're feeling good about where we're at, not only for 2019, but but the the growth in revenue that should come for 2020 and beyond, based on the success this
4: season. How about uh, the injured players you have? One, which one are coming back?
1: Well, you know, obviously I have got a, a, an update this morning. I know Byron is being evaluated or was being evaluated last night, and, and I, I, I think it would be doubtful that he'd play today. I, I think, you know, we'll see here kind of where, where, where he goes here this week with 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 uh, with, with concussion symptoms, things of that nature. Um, you know, in terms of uh, Ram, uh, Romero, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, crone Crone I think, looks good. I think he would he be expected to be uh, activated here in the next couple of days. And then Eddie Rosario, I know, had a good workout yesterday and was going to go through a full workout today. So I, I would expect we're going to see both of those guys back, uh, potentially even as soon as the Mets series on Tuesday night.
2: Dave, the, the Mets series and interleague play, aside from the, the Cubs and the Brewers, uh, who are the most attractive National League teams do you find over time?
1: Uh, well, certainly the Cardinals would be in that mix, mm-hmm. Mike, and, 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 and particularly here in the Midwest. And then I'd say the other team that that I think has a level of intrigue is the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, the good news is we'll get the Dodgers in the 2020 season. Uh, I think that'll be fun. And, uh, but over time I'd say the Cardinals would be the other team that would be the gold standard in terms of a national following and, Uh, people that uh, really makes a meaningful difference in terms of ticket
0: sales. Dave, we've looked at the talk on the show about the 40-man roster. Uh, You guys have some people just below the 40-man roster you're going to need to make a decision on. I assume that part of that talk has already begun because fairly quietly in the last month or so, you've dropped three pitchers off the major league roster, probably trying to position yourself. But in terms of trades, you've got a lot of guys who are maybe backed up in your minor leagues who might be of value to other teams.
1: Yeah, I think th- those are you know the roster management is something that you know kind of happens you know below the radar, Dave. But you're right. I mean, there's there, there, it's a it's an ongoing discussion. It isn't something you look at in in the months of November, or December. You manage it 12 months a year. And I know Derek and Thad have a have a vision and a plan for you know how we want to shape that 40 man roster going into the 2020 season. So uh, it's it's a factor as we head into the trade deadline, and it's certainly a factor in terms of how we you know, manage our, our our big league roster here going into, you know, down the stretch.
4: You're lucky you signed Kepler and Polanco to long-term contracts.
1: Yeah, you know, we feel good about that, Sid. Obviously, we, we've attempted to sign others uh, to long-term contracts, and we will continue to, down that path in the future. But, you know, we can't say enough good things about the way uh, all of our players, but it, it, to your point, uh, Max Kepler has been great. Uh, what he did last night was historic and really special to watch, um, to do that off of any major league pitcher special, but to do it off for of a guy like uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, that's impressive. And, uh, Jorge Polanco has been just nothing but one of the best players in baseball the entire season. And, uh, to have those guys as uh, part of our, our future, I, I think, gives us all a lot of reason for optimism.
2: Yeah, not just in Minnesota, but when you see what they drew in Cleveland this weekend, obviously they anticipated that series as well. And, yeah. uh, I mean, there's a part of me, and I know, Dave, you don't want to hear this, that, that would love a good two-team race the rest of the way, because I love checking to see how the other team's doing every night. Uh, but, but the feeling was, after the All-Star break, this thing would really heat up, and it did. Do you anticipate that at Target Field as well? Because it certainly felt that way in the Texas series.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I think there's there's a growing buzz and kind of an electricity that you're going to get inside the ballpark. Yeah, I think you have that when you're into into late July, into August, obviously September. And I, you know, I, I, as much as I love the last two nights, I'm not sure any of us inside of the Twins are 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 are, are of a belief that it isn't going to be a two team race. Uh, you know, Cleveland's pretty good. They're they're going to pitch well, and we're going to have to continue to play well. We're going to come home and face really good pitching from the Mets and. The A's are probably the hottest team in baseball, and, and then we have the Yankees. So we'll have our hands full on this homestand, and we're going to need to just take this thing, you know, the Tom Kelly cliche of one day at a time.
4: Talk about your Elizabeth team. we you got all the young players. How they doing down there?
1: Down at Elizabethan. Yeah, Elizabethan. Yeah, you know, Sid, you know we've, we've had a really, really good year across our minor leagues. And I, I think in Elizabethan, where we've, you know, kind of been a perennial contender and back to back champion in the Appalachian League, we expect to be in the hunt again this year. So a lot of the guys that, that we took either in the draft uh, this year or, um, or some of our more recent signings from, uh, you know, guys that have come over from the Dominican or Venezuela are there and playing well. Um, I know that. Uh, you know Cedar Rapids, Fort Myers, Pensacola, and Rochester all continue to to have good seasons, and uh, you know I hear a lot about those reports, and you know obviously we're excited. I, you know it gives us some assets as we go into the trade deadline, but uh, most importantly, said this team is always going to have to rely on player development and 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 growing players from within our own system. That's going to be central to our ability to continue to compete.
4: Dave hey St. Peter, always a pleasure to have you on the air, and for being on the air. Tim Worry loves it when you come in for the best sake in town. Always well, uh, talking to you.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much. Good tickets available throughout this homestand, folks. Come on out and see us.
0: Thanks, Dave. All right. It's Dave St. Peter. Twins tickets available. Back with Twins Talk. or your phone calls after this? The number again, 651-989-9226. We are done at 11 today. Your calls will wrap it up for us, so call us right now. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike.
4: And now The end is near And so I face The final curtain My friend I'll say. Well, I've got a couple there. of text messages
0: and then some phone calls. I'll First of, of all, text message. Day. I like this one. The Cleveland Plain Dealers newspaper had a nice pun. They said Twins Kepler maxes out Bowers and, uh, and the Indians 6 to 2. Uh, you know, uh, it's fun to read it. And I know this was a big series. Mike, you mentioned the attendance in Cleveland. Those people showed up expecting perhaps to be three games out, three and a half games oh, out yeah. of, at the end oh, of the yeah.
2: series. What a, what a turnabout. But this deal where Kepler hits three home runs two years ago, too. I mean, yeah. this, at this same stadium, then does it again. I mean, this is uncanny. Yeah, it really is. I how well he pitches. And, you know, we've been to
0: that Cleveland Stadium. It's not a home run ballpark, it's about mm. average no. on, on uh, major league stats. Uh, let me see here. What was oh, uh, one Oh, uh, one follow up to uh, Sid's comments on. Borea's not pitching well. He said he's owing It's true he's owing three over his last six starts, but his ERA in those games is two point six five, uh, way lower than what's considered the three point line. Uh, and he said he's just not gotten support in those games. We'll see how that happens uh, today. Dave St. Peter, a little more of an update than we got in the line saying they are checking Buxton for concussion protocol after the way his face hit the ground on that diving catch last night. Not in the lineup today, and with the day off coming, that's probably not a big surprise.
2: No, and uh, they, they've done this throughout, especially with him. he. Plays so hard, and yep. you play by the fence like him, and you run bases like he does. You do have to take this into consideration with him. But they got four or five outfielders with coming back. But it sure is nice to have him sitting in the number nine spot, just swinging away. Oh, it is. All right, let's go to the phones. uh Let's go to Doug in
0: St. Paul. Doug, go ahead.
6: Uh thanks for taking the call. You uh, A quick question. I live within about oh, probably three blocks, if not closer, to the Allianz Stadium. And it is a blessing. In the neighborhood, I go to the McDonald's right there just about every morning. My question real quickly is, is have you heard any more, because I don't think anybody else around here has, about more development around the stadium? I, You know, there were supposed to be restaurants, movie theaters, workout things, bars. Uh, have you heard anything more about, uh, and I know you have McGuire on all the time, but nobody seems to have any answers to what they may be planning on uh, building in that area. And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Mikey makes a good point. That certainly was one of the things, and it's happened with other uh, facilities, and that Midway area certainly could use additional development. I have not heard, perhaps. Sid, have you heard of I any? mean, we got one of the big yeah, developers in town here. right
2: here, man. You don't think he's been keeping his eye on that? Sid, the, the caller's question
0: was about development around Allianz Field. There was a lot of talk about Allianz Field may spur additional development in the Midway Corridor with your connections. Have you heard more about
2: development in that area?
4: I don't know too much about that.
2: Okay, Uh, I I think the only thing you can say is if you start filling the stadium on a regular basis, I'm sure it catches the attention of a lot of guys that would be looking at that. Yeah, no, no doubt about. It. I think it's a legitimate question. Maybe the next time we have Bill McGuire
0: on, he may have a. An yeah. opinion. He'd probably be among the first to hear. Uh, I, interesting. I've got a couple of really nice text messages, but those of us who work with him regularly are not surprised. Saying really enjoyed having Tom Kelly on the show this morning. Hope you would have him on more often. There's just something about Tom Kelly and the way he watches baseball and what he learns from it that we can watch
2: all the time and probably still not come up with a fraction of what that man sees. Yeah, it's it's just so much fun to sit and listen to him. And there's not a question that he hasn't ascertained before. He always used to have that saying uh, that he passed down to Guardi is every day you come to the ballpark. There's going to be a crisis. You just don't know what crisis it's going to be. And, and, and when you go through that for as many years as he did, that's pretty good perspective.
0: You know, I've got the Twins lineup today in front of me, and one thing we talked about positional flexibility for about the third or fourth time in the last two weeks. The cl- uh, Twins cleanup hitter is Lewis Arise. Yeah. And- why not? Yep. I mean, we used to, Our our perception of what a cleanup hitter used to be mm-hmm. compared to what it is in baseball. You, If you think you know baseball in the last couple of years, you've got to change
2: some of your long-held perceptions. Marwin Gonzalez the other night, yeah. you know, and Marwin would be the first one to tell you he's not a power hitter, although he's got some decent power numbers right. this year. He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah and, and, they, and they batted him fourth the other night. Not so, no, not, you know. This whole thing has just been, uh, it's hard for anybody to get their arms around it, but as long as it works. Sid, so, you had a final thought here as we uh,
0: end
4: up? How about the twin bullpen? Everybody thought they're (laughs) going to have their super.
0: Yeah, they, you know, uh, Duffy gave up that uh, that home run. Parker's day, back now. Yeah, Parker here looks decent. I want to thank our guests today. Again, this is a rare occasion for us. We're off at 11 o'clock, but Twins programming begins in two and a half minutes here on WCCO. I want to thank Tom Kelly. We'll have him back on uh, again. He's he's so much fun. He loves to come on. It's perfect. Uh, and Jake Cave, it's uh, fun to talk to about the, the road back and forth to Rochester. He may be on that road again when Rosario what happens with Buxton. Dave St. Peter, Jim Polad, Bill McGuire, thank you for your phone calls and your text messages next. next. Next week, we are back to the regular two and a half hours, and we look forward to your joining us at that time. So that wraps it up for today. Keep in mind, Twins game at 1210 this afternoon. From Cleveland, Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.